back to the Weekly Driver Podcast, episode number seven. I'm co-host James Rea, editor and publisher of theweeklydriver.com, and I'm an automotive columnist for Bay Area News Group. My co-host is Bruce Aldrich, and today we're going to talk about Bruce's family car, a car that he now owns that his father bought new, 1959 Volkswagen Bug. If you like our podcast, um, consider supporting us via PayPal, and the PayPal address is james at by, B-Y, James Rea, R-A-I-A, dot com. Well, Bruce, welcome to episode number seven. This episode's all about you and your family and a 1959 Volkswagen Bug. So the car's now 58 years old. I'm sure you remember the car from when you were a boy. So tell me about your father uh, buying this car and, and what you remember from when you fo- first uh, rode in it or, or dr- drove in it, both. Yes. Uh, hi. Good to be here. Love to talk about that Beetle, yeah. which I still own. Yeah, my dad, uh, we lived in Sacramento at the time. This is 1958. And my dad put a deposit in the local Sacramento dealership here uh, for, for a bug. They didn't have any. They were all sold out. So he put a deposit. He thought he was going to get a 1958 bug. But the car didn't come in till December of 59. And it was a 59. So that was like a, a free bonus. He got a, a year model newer than he thought he was going to get. Yes, great. And I was looking, I, I still have the pink slip. I have everything that there is on that car. Every single piece of paperwork, every penny he put in gas. Uh, there's mileage books, everything on that car. So everything I might know, I certainly don't know it from memory, but I have a book that has every number in it. Um, first off, when I got it in 2006, had had 490,200 miles on it. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. Anyway, going back to picking up the car, and I have the original pink slip and the actual, um, the original, uh, the, the sticker, the window sticker. They didn't call them Maroni stickers back then, but yes. the window sticker. The list price was sixteen seventy five, and he had leatherette, which I'm assuming means the leatherette style seats. It must have been an upgrade for twenty five dollars. Twenty five bucks. I would have gone for that too. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So, and then an $18.75 delivery charge. Yeah, imagine that. Anyway, the, the price came to seventeen, eighteen, and seventy-five cents in 1959. And uh, also, when he got it, he uh, he went whole hog, and he had the dealer do undercoating, mm-hmm. which the car still has. That I think that was a good investment. They undercoated yeah. it well. And 50, 58 years later, I'd say so. St- it's still undercoated, so there's no rust on that thing. And he also got, uh, this is all six-volt circuitry, so he got a six-volt, it's a tube Motorola AM radio, and that AM radio is still in there. Oh, man. And I listened to that AM radio, and I know my father always listened to the uh, ball game on that all Great. the time, that little Motorola AM radio, and it's still in the car. Yeah. You know, when you, when you if you ever watch Antiques Roadshow, and somebody brings in a piece of art, and they've got the history, they've got this, they've got stuff written down, they have all this, what do they call it, prominence or, or history. Of the, I wonder if they ever would ever allow a car into the Antique Roadshow. You've got every everything known about that car, and it would add oh, yeah. appreciably to the value, I'm sure. But uh, it's great that you have all that history, uh, that it lasted for all these years. So back in the day, it was our only car back in 59. Yes. And so I'm now... 
coming up on five years old. My spot was usually there was five in the family. Mm -hmm. So my two sisters usually got the back seat. And I went behind the back seat. There's a little, in the old bugs, there's a oh, little right. uh, sort of a grocery hold back there. Yes. And that's where my spot was, was back there in the little grocery hold underneath the, the rear window. What a treat. And that's how we traveled around, the, the five of us in that car. And we went, uh, my dad put a trailer hitch on it. Yes. Of course, everybody knows how powerful a VW is. They got to tow a trailer, don't is you? Is it 36 horsepower? Yeah, 36 yeah. horsepower, 1,200 cc. Yeah. And uh, he had a trailer hitch on there, pulled a small trailer. Mm -hmm. So like when we went camping, we put all the camping gear in the trailer. Um, the, actually, the trailer was his uh, uncle's too mm -hmm. from back in the, goodness, it was probably a 1930s trailer that we pulled in our 59 bug. Can Fantastic. you imagine, can you can picture that now? No. Even no, at the time, no. going up Highway 80, no. up over the mountains, into no. over Donner Summit, pulling a trailer. With five kids in a car, can you imagine how slow that was? Oh, it, I, I do that drive it's now. <laughs> I do that drive now, and I can't hold fourth gear in that thing. I'm down to third gear, so I'm going 40 miles an hour over the grade. Yes, which is a nightmare now. Back mm -hmm. in the day, you know, there were a lot of old bugs, and, and the vans were even slower. So usually, the bugs weren't the slowest thing on the road. The the vans were. The vans were, and I I think to add one, I remember as a boy. Growing up in Walnut Creek, and from time to time, we'd go to Mount Diablo, and you'd see a Volkswagen bug, or, or you'd see a van going up, and they'd have, if I remember correctly, they'd have extra water bags to put on if, if, the, if there was a problem. They had these, I remember some people uh, carrying big well, uh, canvas water bags or well, something. Well, I think, unless I'm confused, I'm thinking every car except a bug would have water bags. Oh, okay. Because they're air-cooled. They're air-cooled. So the American cars would, would carry the water bags in case they boiled over. Maybe I saw a converted one. Maybe I saw a converted one. Well, maybe that one had a V8. When was this? Last year? <laughs> no, no. It was it was in the 60s. But I guess okay. it, maybe it was something else. I'm just mistaken because... You know, our memory, my memory's a little, a little well, the, foggy the, now. Well, the bugs went so slow, maybe yes. it was a long time between water stops. Maybe you had to carry your own water. <laughs> maybe you had to carry like a Like a mule team. To, there you go. Maybe that's so it. So you didn't die of thirst out there. So so fast forward uh, through your upbringing, and then um, uh, as you grow up and, and your father uh, was elderly, you you inherited the car, and, and you basically you rebuilt it? Sure. Yeah, I did some work on it. Um, basically, let, let me back up a little bit. Please. I learned I learned to drive on that car oh, as, as well as both my sisters. Mm -hmm. We took our driving test in the '59 Bug, the, that I the one that I have today. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's a lot of history there. I know every little nick and scratch in that interior because it's the original interior. Fantastic. Um, the seats have been re uh, um, covered. Yeah. But the you know the all the paintwork and dials and gauges and all that stuff are original. So any little scratch or nick is, I I can remember those scratches back when I was a teenager or younger when like my dad and I were working on it and say we needed to replace the headlight switch mm -hmm. or something and um, they're hard to get off and you, sometimes the the screwdriver slips yes, yes. and there's a little scratch in the paint yeah, and you remember that I that's... I remember the, the when I look at those scratches in the paint I know where it came from. That's so great. that's kind of interesting. On the uh, there, my dad had a big ring. So on the steering wheel, right where he had put your hand at the the nine o'clock, there's his ring scratch. Great. My mom had her usually always had her arm out the window or up on the sill, and her uh, watch scratched up <laughs> on the top. Yes. So, so character. You know, 
you know, there's character scratches like that all around. Uh, one thing I, re I do recall, the back uh, ashtray, we could never open it. I don't know why, what, what the deal was <laughs> with that great. thing. Which, maybe my dad had it sealed shut so the kids wouldn't, we wouldn't play with it. Anyway, maybe that's so it. that's one of the things I did, uh, you know, like 45 years later when I took the car over, I got that ashtray to work. That's great. Not that I use it, but I can no. pull. I can because I guess I was so mad, you know, during my teens to mm -hmm. not be able to open that thing, something to play with. And what, what, what was? Do you remember what the issue was? It just was. No, it was it just, just a, something. Just taking it apart, and yeah, there was just a tight metal. Piece I mean, you're on you're it. a mechanic, and I'm not a mechanic on any level. But I also I had a '62 bug, and I, I remember I was so proud of myself to be able to adjust the valves and to change the oil, and I even replaced the. The, what do they call it? The rocker panels, the side panels, the, the rubber seal went out, and I, I got those new rubber mat things. Running boards. Running boards, thank you. And so and that was the, that's the three things that I could do, and that's that was the extent of my mechanical ability. But the car was so simple that a person like me who has virtually no knowledge could figure it out, and I did it. And I was really proud of doing that with the little feeler gauges and all that. It was, it was, it was great fun, but obviously you, didn't, you did more than that. You did a lot. Well, my dad, that's one thing I, the negative thing about that car, yeah. I, I've gotten over it now 20 years later, but the yeah. first 40 years, that car always represented work to me mm -hmm. and, and took took my dad away from other things because mm -hmm. it seemed like he was, on a, like on a weekend, he was forever sitting on this, I'll call it a pickle barrel, a tall three-foot pickle barrel sitting yes. under the, with the bonnet up working on this thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, adjusting the valves, changing the points. You always have to change the points and condensers on those doggone things. That's one of the first things I did was I went to breakerless ignition, got rid of those points because that was always a nightmare uh, on those things. Best thing I ever did to that car was going breakerless. Um, but I, I kept it stock other than that. Yeah. No, nobody can see that. Um, anyway, so it, the car represented a lot of work, which I didn't care for at first. Yes. It, it took me a while to to get over that because mm -hmm. he was oh, I incidentally I was mentioning that pickle barrel that he sat on I still have that pickle barrel oh, too by the way of course great. that's great I mean, it's up in my uh, we have a place up at uh, up near Tahoe and that that pickle barrel is up on my uh, we have sort of a museum type area mm -hmm. and uh, that's we have you know some old sleds old skis old an old canoe and that pickle barrel is up mm -hmm. there too and I, you didn't mention, you know, where your place is, and I'll keep it very general. But the, but the car is up there now as well, right? Yeah, yeah. But I keep I keep the car up there all the time now, so it's always always at six thousand feet now. There you go. And you know, the, an old thirty six horsepower bug, you know, at sea level has got. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, they claimed <laughs> I think thirty six horsepower, but that was on a good day, right? You know, when the when the mares were were frisky right um, right right but you know up there at six thousand feet it must take who knows how much and probably takes another 20 percent of horsepower away and the, the thing is a bit of a slug but if you're yes. going under 40 miles an hour it, it's fun that's why i leave it up there at six thousand feet because it's there's not many stop signs right there's no traffic lights in town and so it's just nothing beats a nice day and getting out there and driving that old bug through the years when you've driven that car if you and I are to say go to lunch, or you're with another friend, or I'm with my wife, or you're with your wife, and you see a vintage car of any type going by, particularly one that's almost 60 years old, um, have people commented over uh, over the years that they stop and talk to you about it? Because 
it you know it's it's there aren't too many of them left uh, number one and it, and it has a you know Volkswagen has a wonderful character unto itself so can you remember getting comments and, and what an example might be people have oh said. yes all the time um, you can always see the smiles and people pointing when I go through town and um, you know they everybody wants to look at that bug and everybody wants to tell a story basically yeah they come up oh I had one of those and you know when I was in college and yeah. this and that and I learned to work on cars uh, you know with bugs and so everybody has a story they want to tell you about it uh, so that's you know that's fun uh, I have gone to a few car shows these freebie type uh, where you you know, Saturday afternoons you meet at the yes. local Red Robin or something type. Yes. Free car gatherings. And it's it's amazing what a hit an old bug is because everybody's had one. So everybody has a story. You know, the night, what I would consider, consider nicer cars, the hot rods. Yes. And the, you know, I don't know, the 32 Fords and stuff that I want to look at. Yes. To me is interesting. People... They don't. I guess they don't have anything to to say to a guy like that. I don't know. Right, but right. Everybody has something to say to an old guy with an old bug, right? You know, because they've had one. Everybody I mean, has a bug story. They're, they're fam- somebody's had one, right? And its origins, of course, for all for all the wrong reasons. Now it's, it's called the people's car, right? It's when it was originally made. Right. That was how it was commissioned in Germany as as the the people's car. So. Uh, your point's well made that it was a common man's car, and it, like you said, everybody must have a story of either owning one or a father owning one or a brother or sister owning one, and that's great. People are st- still remember, um, as well they should. It's it's uh, I think it's the second best selling car in history now, other than the Toyota Corolla. Yeah, yeah, so the Corolla finally passed it. Finally passed it, but I do know now. Also, I've I've forgotten now. It's three or four or five years since your father passed away. And I remember going to his um, memorial service, and you made this wonderful video. And one of the parts uh, you you know talked about your father's life and the different things that he did, and it was really well done. And one point in the video, there's um, several seconds of your father driving the the bug, and then his elbow is outside of the driver's window, and then the video transitions into you sitting in the car with your uh, forearm and elbow out the window with the same look on your face, and you you look very much like your dad. So that was a, a very memorable part of um, your homage, if you will, your remembrance of your father. So what was that like making that video, and um, could you could you keep a dry eye, or were you always... Well, it must have been a very emotional um, experience to make that video. Oh yeah, the video I made in the in the days after his death. So, you know, the whole video was tough to make. But yes. That one scene that you're talking about, where I was trying to capture the image of the the pass off. Yes. Yeah, that was a, a you know, an especially I guess emotional piece there. Yes. Yes. I'd never really been to a a, a service where. Um, you know, there's always these kind of unwritten rules that people kind of remain in silence and and you're remembering someone. But when that video that you made, was it 18 minutes, something like that, 20 minutes? Yeah, about that. About yeah. 18, 20 minutes. And, and people clapped and everybody in the church was crying. So, I mean, it was this odd um, respect for what you did and respect for your father. And I'm sure that there were a lot of guys in particular in that audience that could relate to it because they many guys have inherited their, their mother and father's car. So it was... It was a, a very uh, loving thing to, to make for your dad. So 
I, I'll, and I'll never forget being there and, and watching that. So that's great. And you have the car now. And, and you, were meant, you mentioned earlier that uh, new, with all every little extra charge, $25 here and, and delivery charge here, the car was $1,718.75 or $0.95. Cents. And now, um, being nearly 60 years old, you've, have you investigated what the car might be worth today? Uh, and are there quite a few of them around, or is it getting to be pretty rare? Yeah, the 59s are, they're, you know, they're getting, they're going to the scrap heap. There's not as many around. It, yes. it looks like, you know, it's hard to say. This one is in, you know, it's it's in pretty good shape. It's, anyway, around 12 grand is what it's worth now. Mm-hmm. You know, people were just throwing those things away because they weren't worth $12 so, <laughs> yeah. back in the 70s. Back in the 70s. So, so, so the, yeah, they're they're coming up now. Do you drive it much uh, when you're in, when you're in, uh, the Lake Tahoe region. How often do you drive it, and and would it be safe to drive from that area? And how often have you, have you driven it from there to, to Sacramento and back? Well, for three or four years, I drove it up to Tahoe at the beginning of the summer, and then drove it home before mm-hmm. the snows hit. Yes. But the last, oh boy, I bet it's been up for four years now. I just leave it up there mm-hmm. because that's where the the most fun driving is. Yes. So I don't even bother to bring it back to Sacramento. Yes. When I when I was going to, between here and Sacramento now, I could leave Tahoe and come to Sacramento because it's all downhill. Downhill, yes. I, I could leave. I could drive it kind of like a normal person. Mm-hmm. But when I was going uphill, I would leave it uh, like four in the morning. To try to get get yeah. up get up there before you know the public got around right because that's just too slow i just feel like it's not that safe yes. i didn't think anyway you, you were mentioning back when i took over the car yes in 2006 now up until that time it was a daily driver because it had 490,000 plus miles on it yes oh that's but my great. dad kept it up um so it's on its third motor now yes rebuild and it's on its third paint job always the same color yes Ka- the original color is kalahari beige it was called so wow it's a, what it's a great a t- name it's a tan mm-hmm. so we've kept it stock um he had a like i say seat covers and whenever it needed something he repaired it so when i got it in 2006 it didn't need rebuilding because mm-hmm. it was kept up yes now i did some stuff to it like I put new running boards on it yes and I uh, I put the breakerless uh, points in it the the ignition system mm-hmm. and a couple other little things like that cleaned it up painted you know the floorboards and stuff but basically that's all I did was just some beauty items oh I know one thing that he did in 19 the 59s had these really teeny little tail lights that were about two by three inch in diameter yes. And so in 63, the big ones came out, and they uh-huh. were probably, you know, five by four inch. Yes. So my dad converted them to the 63 taillights. So the first thing, one of the first things I did was put the original 59, which he kept, of course. Like yes. I say, I yeah. have everything. <laughs> so I, I put those original 59 um, taillights back on it. Yes. Because on a 59, basically, that's one of the things how you tell how old it is. You can't That's hardly right. tell the difference on those cars through the different years, but the taillights did give away that it's a 63 or newer. I know the, the very old Volkswagens had the split window in the back, and then maybe your the car that you have, I haven't seen it for a while, has a, a much smaller window. And then as the years went by, I think 67 is when they stopped using 
you know, chrome fenders, I, I'm, I'm remembering. Well, what, are the, what's, what is the legacy of the sizes of the windows, and, and what size was your, is your car? Well, in 58, they came out with a bigger window. So, yeah. <coughs> excuse me. The 58, 59 have the little bit bigger window. So 57 and 56, I think, was mm -hmm. an oval. Mm-hmm. And 55 and back was a split oval. Split window, okay. So that would be the, the most desirable, to have a split or at least an oval. Unfortunately, I missed it by three years. Yeah, that would be the most. I think a few years ago at one of the Monterey Auto Shows, we saw and we talked to uh, a man and his son who bought um, a, a bug from the early 50s, and they actually shipped it from Germany. Remember, were you with me then? I forgot if you were with me. And they got, uh, when they got it, and they're taking it from Germany to the U.S., they asked, uh, the customs people asked for a... Um, a serial number and it was a very uh, one of the original ones and so they got into some kind of sort of trouble getting that original low serial number from Germany to the US but they finally did it and so we saw this beautiful um, I don't know what do you call that uh, the dull the dull gray finish dark gray finish that they used to have and um, one of our friends thought it was the, the primer coat but it wasn't it was the original paint and it had the split window so it was I had never seen one before until that time but they were very very proud of it and actually they were selling it and they were they wanted some astronomical amount for it I can't remember what it was but everybody was looking at that car at the at the one of the Monterey Auto Shows so yeah this the serial number on this I think is only about six digits is that right yeah because I don't I guess they didn't require them um, until some late year so I'm not quite sure why. Obviously, yes. they'd made already made a couple million, probably. I, I, I think I, there was maybe like, if I recall now the history on the '59, they had like maybe four or five hundred thousand of those they built. Yes. Not all imported to the U.S., of course, but just worldwide were built at the time. Yes. And then it exploded to, I don't know, they made three, four, five million a year after a while. Right. Now, I, we were talking to a friend a couple of uh, episodes ago who has a Ferrari and. And he, he talked about um, people when they made a part, uh, sometimes they'd make a hundred of them um, because the original parts weren't available or if there was an original part available, they were over the top. Volkswagen, obviously we know that there's been what, 21, 22 million of them sold. So if you needed something uh, that would be unique to Volkswagen, are the parts uh, readily available? Yes, uh, I think when you get back to about, say, 57, then they're a little more difficult. Mm -hmm. But uh, back to through at least a 59, they're pr quite readily available. Well, I have to mail order for them, but they're yes. available mail order. Um, and then a lot of times you'll have your choice whether you want Mexican parts. Oh, really? I didn't or, know that. Or German parts. And the German parts cost four times as much. Right. And they don't. The ones I've gotten, like the window seals and stuff, German ones, they don't really. <laughs> yeah. They don't see. They, I think they. It was Germany via Mexico. Right. They don't. They're not that good. I remember one other thing about Volkswagen. We haven't talked about this, or maybe we did once a long time ago. Is it on my bug? Uh, one of the original attractions. I bought it from a family friend, and I paid all of five hundred dollars for it. Um, was it still had what we used to call the scuzz button, right? The the emblem on the front. And as I uh, had it when I was 16 or 17, and I had it for four or five years, I always, every time I went somewhere to school or sporting event or whatever, and I came out and I thought, oh, it's still there, because it became very popular for people to steal those things because they were so beautiful, and you could just pop them right off. You could, you know, if you wanted to, you could steal it in, I don't know, 10 seconds or something. But does your car still have that? And do you remember 
through the years with your father, was that an issue growing up as a boy that people would steal those things left and right? The, the Wolfsburg. That's right. Yeah, the uh, I know my dad had his stolen a couple times. And yes. For a long time, he didn't have one. And then sometime back in early 80s, I, I saw one at a swap meet and gave it to him. And he put that on, so it always had one. But then later, after I got the car, I... I had forgotten, but that was really the wrong one for that oh, year. I so that I had like a I don't know, you know, who knows, a '62 on a on on this '59. So that's another one of the things I did, was I got the original '59 um, Wolfsburg emblem to yes. put back on. So those are the little things that I did that that were kind of important to me to try to make it original again. Um, that through the years, my dad, you know, let slip. Yes. Yes. Well, that's a great family history of, of that car, and um, someday, if I ever have a chance, I'd love to go. For, I think I went in a ride with it with you one time uh, since we've been friends, but I'd, I'd love to go in it again sometime. That's uh, That would be our episode number seven for this week. It was great to chat with uh, my co-host, Bruce Aldrich, about his uh, 1959 bug and its family history and, and uh, stories of his dad and, and the things he's done to the car since. So. Thanks for joining us, and remember to visit my website, www.theweeklydriver.com, and Bruce's website, www.tahotruckyoutdoor.com. If you'd like to support our program, uh, we, you can do so via PayPal. It's james at by, B-Y, james, Rea, R-A-I-A.com. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. Bye.